Well, do you all remember, uh, well, the servers are going to collect our offering right now, so thank you all for your, your generosity in that and, uh, and uh, your faithfulness in that. But I, I was just thinking this morning, remember how young and stupid we were last week when we thought that school was going to start and the kids would be in school? Now, some of you Bullock County people, private school, whatever, good for you, but for the rest of us, keep us in your thoughts and prayers, and also in your babysitting. If you're looking for to babysit, I'm sure there'll be lots of parents that would take you up on that this week, we're, uh, we're, we're, but we're, we're really glad that you're here today. Uh, and uh, one, just a couple of things, reminder, starting point is tonight, so if you'd like to be part of that, we'd love for you to come out and, and uh, spend some time with us. Uh, it's not too late to sign up, uh, just let us know that you want to be there. And tonight is the student group kickoff. Uh, high schoolers are going to meet tonight at 5.30, and they've got a great evening plan, so uh, I know talking to you parents and grandparents, be sure to bring the students uh, bring them tonight, because they're going to have a great time over next door in the gym having a volleyball tournament, so uh, it's going to be a good time for that. Now, we are starting a new series today based on the book of Proverbs, and the, uh, the book of Proverbs is, is a, a great, it's a great book. Um, it is known as one of the, the wisdom literature books of the Old Testament, along with Ecclesiastes and Job, and, uh, and the thing that I love about it is great content but it's very, very practical. You know, sometimes you read Scripture and you think, well, I don't know, you know, I'm not sure what this means or what this is saying exactly. This is, it's very easy to apply and understand what it's saying. And this is the thing I'd really like to challenge all of us to be doing. Hopefully, as you came in today, one of the greeters gave you one of these little cards. And uh, if you didn't get one of these, there, there are plenty of them out in the lobby before you leave. But on the back of the card is a QR code. And if you Take your phone and open up the camera app and just hold it on that. Uh, it should take you to a link where we've got a, uh, a Bible reading plan. So if you, if you get that on your phone, the nice thing about it, it'll give you daily reminders. And so what this, what this challenge is, is every day read a chapter in the book of Proverbs. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. So if you read one a day every month... Uh, you're, you're reading through the entire book, and it's great, great stuff. And I really would challenge you as we're going through this series over the next four weeks to read along because by the time we finish, I'm not going to get to cover every single verse in the book of Proverbs. There's just too much content there. But if you follow along and read a chapter a day, you will have read the entire book of Proverbs this month as we are going along with it uh, together. You can do that a couple ways. If you want to start in chapter 1 today with this reading plan, that's great. You can do that, and your, your phone will remind you, and you can read a chapter a day. It doesn't take but a couple of minutes, really, to, to read the whole chapter. Uh, but what I like to tell people, because sometimes people are saying, I want to start reading the Bible for myself, but I'm not sure where to start. It's kind of confusing. Where do I go? This is one of the easiest ways to get into just making uh, this part of your daily rhythm is whatever day of the week it is, or whatever the day of the month, so today's the 12th, you read the 12th chapter of Proverbs, and, and just do that every day uh, through the month, and, and you're, you're getting just great, great biblical insight, and, it, and, and it, just watch as it changes the way that you, the, just the way that you feel, the way that you live, the way that you feel connected to God, it's, it's going to be a big game changer for you, and, and this is the thing about the book of Proverbs. It's a, it's a framework for how to live better 
and happier lives. And that's what we're going to discover together in God's Word is that the Bible tells us that if we seek wisdom, we will find happiness. It's not very often that we we say that. That's, That's the exact opposite of what the world tells us. Because the world says that if you seek happiness, then wisdom will follow. You, you go out and, and, and live your best life and have fun and life is short. So, you know, do, do the things that make you happy. And hopefully as you, as you age and, you know, you have more life experience, that wisdom will follow. God's word tells us the exact opposite. He says, as you pursue wisdom, a product of that is that you will be happy. Now, I heard a story about an old man that uh, had learned a thing or two in his life. He was pretty, a pretty wise old guy. And one day, uh, this, this old man, he, he, uh, he approached a young, attractive woman at the shopping mall. He said, excuse me, miss, I, I hate to bother you, but I, I can't seem to find my wife. Would you, mind to, would you mind to talk to me for a couple of minutes? And so this young woman sort of felt sorry for this guy. She says, oh, yeah, of course, I, I, that's no problem. I can, I can talk to you, but do you have any idea where your, where your wife may be? And he says, no, I... I have no idea, but it's the funniest thing. As soon as I start talking to a young, attractive woman, she just appears out of nowhere. <laughs> That's pretty wise. <laughs> Proverbs, Proverbs 3 says, Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths. All her ways are satisfying. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly. When I said, if you pursue wisdom, you will be happy. It's right there. Happy are those who hold her tightly. You read those words, you say, wow, this sounds like something amazing. This is like a treasure. Where, you know, where do I find this thing? What, what is this? this? This wisdom thing. This is why we're going to spend a few weeks looking at these Proverbs. Why would you want to read a chapter a day? Why would you want to give up you know, three or four or five minutes a day to read that on, on your own? Why, why would we want to spend four weeks digging into this uh, here on Sunday mornings? Because... God's word says, if you seek wisdom, your life will be better. You will be happy. You you will find things that you're looking for, and and I want you to have a good life. I I really hope that you know that. I'm not trying to beat you up. I want to lift you up. I want you to to know that God wants you to have a a rich and fulfilling life, and he has plans for you. And and, and, and the, the book of Proverbs talks a lot about wisdom, and that's the roadmap to get there. So let's start for, with first things first. What's this all about? I'm going to look right at the beginning of the book of Proverbs in chapter 1, verse 1. It says, these are the Proverbs of Solomon telling us who wrote them. Solomon, who was King David's son, uh, who was the king of Israel. Solomon, uh, if you want to read more stuff that he wrote, you can read the book of Ecclesiastes. It's kind of a little bit of a depressing read, honestly. Basically, the book of Ecclesiastes can be summed up in uh, just a line, which is, everything's meaningless. 
This is a guy who was the wealthiest man who ever lived. He had more power, more, more of everything than any of us would, would ever have in, in a thousand lifetimes. And he says, I, I basically I searched the world top to bottom. I've tried everything, everything that, that a person could ever want. I've had that times 10. I've had it all. And, he, and at the end of it, he says, man, nothing really matters except if you have a relationship with God. That's the only thing that, that matters. That's what he, what he learned. But he's writing this, this wisdom. So this is, again, a guy who's understands a lot. He's had a lot of experience, and God has given him a lot of wisdom. And he's writing this down. He says, the purpose of these proverbs is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what's right, just, and fair, These proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. So let the wise listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and the riddles. This sounds kind of interesting, doesn't it? So what what, what is this saying to us? What What do we need to know? Here's here's what I want you to understand today, is you have to seek wisdom. I believe that a lot of us, we live kind of, uh, our our lives are, you know, we kind of hit cruise control. And we just assume that, you know, as I go through life, things will happen, and, and, and we let life happen to us, rather than us happening to our lives. And so wisdom is one of those things we think is just kind of a byproduct of life. The older I get, you know, with with. With experience comes wisdom, right? And so I'm just going to continue to grow, and I'll continue to get older, and I'll just continue to get wise. Let me tell you, I've met a lot of really old people that are really, really foolish. Just because you're old doesn't mean that you have wisdom. Wisdom isn't something that happens to you through osmosis. It's something that happens when you seek it. And it's something that God gives as you continue to grow and you pursue it. And when it comes to wisdom, if you are satisfied with where you are right now, you will not grow. If you're checked out right now, if I'm talking to you and you're thinking about something else and you're kind of you know, following the, you know, I say, oh, I see some dust. You know, well, if, if, that's, if that's where your mind is, then, then you will not grow. Wisdom has to be something that we are actively pursuing. And God wants to give it to you. This is not a mystery. He's not hiding it from you, but you have to actually get up and go after it. You think about in, in the Christmas story, right? We, we know that there were these wise men, these magi, whatever, whatever you want to call them. We, we, you know, at our house, we, we put up the wise men in our nativity set, you know, and, and they saw a star and they followed it, right? One of the reasons that these guys were wise is that they recognized, hey, God's trying to show us something. He's trying to lead us somewhere. This is important. And they had to actually get up and go follow it. If they had just stayed, you know where they were and just kind of taking a cruise control mentality, they would have missed. We wouldn't be talking about them today. They'd be long forgotten to history. They would have missed it, and so will you and I. If we're too satisfied to stay where we are, and the first step is probably the biggest and the most difficult one. So I want to push, I hope you feel me pushing real hard on you right now because I feel like I've got, sometimes, you know, a good coach knows how just to push to kind of, to get you off your butt a little bit, and, and that's what I want to do with us right now, because we don't typically like to change and grow. 
by nature. Human beings, we are creatures of habit. We seek out security and comfort. There's a feeling of safety in the, in the familiar. I don't like change. We're more comfortable in environments and lifestyle choices that we're used to. And then Jesus comes along and he tells us the exact opposite. He says, if you want to follow me, you be prepared to get really, really uncomfortable really quickly. You cannot be my disciple. You cannot follow me unless you're willing to pick up your cross, to deny yourself. There's an article on change in psychology today. It says this, to avoid change, we frequently lie to ourselves. Does this sound familiar? we, We may blame other people for undesirable aspects of our lives or for our feelings. For example, we may blame our unhappiness on a laundry list of external factors and people, our spouse, our boss, our job, children, health, lack of money, weight, childhood or education. Or we may create reasons to justify why we cannot change. We don't have time. Energy, strength, desire, confidence, or willpower to do anything differently. There are times in life when we begin to get honest, yet we don't want to do anything differently. We don't want to because change is hard. It is hard. Let's just acknowledge that up front. It is is difficult to do anything different. But when has anything wonderful come into your life easily? When has good growth ever come into your life and you didn't have to do anything? You just kind of sat back and great stuff just happened for you. That's just not the way it works. And that's what makes that first step the hardest step. But it's the most important step. People who want to seek wisdom are growing. They're taking steps Sometimes even those steps feel like stumbling, but they're stumbling towards it. They're headed in the right direction, even when it's uncomfortable. That's what God has for you. So I want to push all of us right now to to be these kinds of people that we're willing to, to risk the effort to seek wisdom. Yeah, I'm going to take the time. I will take, I will set aside five minutes a day to spend time in God's word because I believe that he has something for me because I believe that through his word he will speak directly into my life and it will change me and that's why I'm doing I'm not asking for the world here I'm asking for five minutes a day to be willing to risk but you know why some of us I hope that every person in here will do it I hope that every person says yep I'm doing that I give me one of those cards you know I hope that every person will but I know I'm, I'm, I'm a realist I know that there's a a good amount of people that are going to leave here today and say, forget that, I'm not doing it. And you know why? You know why you won't? Because change is hard. Because it's not worth it. Because five minutes of your day, you say, I I don't care. Or you don't believe it. But either way, what what do you got to lose? Might as well give it a shot. You want to grow in wisdom? Do you want those things that it describes? You've got riches and honor in one hand, and you've got life in the other. I mean, all these good things. Why would we not pursue this? I just want to, to challenge us all to be willing to risk the effort to seek wisdom. And so with the time I've got left, I'm going to break this down into two parts for our purposes today. How can we begin to grow in wisdom today. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that there are two questions that you've got to ask yourself. And these, you've got to be really honest. You know, that, that self-reflection thing, when you're willing to look in the mirror and be real honest. You know, I, I meet with people ever so often and they say, you know, I don't know. I just, I don't know what's wrong. Like guys especially, I don't know what's wrong with women today. I've been married three times. The woman I'm dating now, she's lousy. Like, you know, everybody, what, I, what's wrong with women today? I said, have you looked in the mirror at all? Maybe it's you. I don't know. It could be, could be who knows, but I, I'm thinking there's a common denominator here. When we're honest, that self-awareness thing, you know, this is the, this is the biggest problem that's holding so many of us back right now. We have problems in our life, and, and, and here's the truth. There's an issue in your life, and you're ignoring it. You don't want to deal with it, and you think you've got it under control, and this isn't a big deal. I'm, I'm in control of this. I can stop anytime I want, or I can start anytime I want, or whatever it is. Just fill in the blank, whatever your personal, but maybe your spouse has been saying something or your friends have been saying something like, hey, you know what, I think, I think, you're, I think maybe you've got a little issue here. I think maybe you need to grow here. I think this needs to change, whatever it is. And you're like, no, no, you're wrong, you're wrong. I got this, I got this. The first step's the hardest step because we're admitting I need to change. I need, that's why it's hard. It's because we're saying there's something that is not where it needs to be, and I need to put in the effort to make the change. It's the first step, and it is the hardest, and it begins with being honest. What do I believe, and what do I understand? Now, I'll unpack that a little bit. Let's start with what we believe. I, I'm going to guess, I'm going to go out on a limb here because it's Sunday morning, and we're sitting in a church building, that almost every person in this room believes that God exists. I know there may be a, a, a few that are still wrestling through that a little bit. You're still seeking that out. But most everybody in here would say, yeah, I believe that God exists. And yet, if we were to pry into your life and really start digging a little bit, we might begin to notice some things that don't add up. Because you say you believe in God, why is it that you live as though he doesn't exist? If you really believe, why is it that when no one is watching except God, that you, you live in a way that the decisions that you make, the habits that you have, don't honor him? Maybe someone might look at you and say, you know, you're kind of a hypocrite. That word might be used of you. Uh, you know, the word hypocrite, it comes from the Greek word hypocrisis, And the word, it meant actor. It was used in Greek theater because you'd have an actor that would play different characters and they'd hold up a mask in front of their face and they'd come out and play one character then they'd go back and put on a different mask and play an entirely different character. That's what hypocrite means. It means that you're playing a part, that you're pretending to be something that you're not. Proverbs 1.7 says this, that fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. The fear of the Lord here, it, it, that's describing reverence. It doesn't mean that, oh, I'm scared to death of God. You know, there's things in your life that maybe you're scared to death of. You know, I'm not particularly fond of snakes. Uh, I'm not particularly fond of heights. Uh, 
I'm, I'm not particularly fond of the idea of sharks. You know, I don't like Shark Week. You know, I'm not, not watching Discovery Channel on Shark Week, you know. But for you, maybe you've got some kind of fear that just, you know, you just shake a little bit when you think about it. That's not what this is describing. It's saying that you're afraid of God in that way. It means that you are, it's basically that you're taking God seriously. Fear of the Lord, it means I take God seriously. I believe in him, and that defines my life because I believe that he's there and he's watching and, and he's, he's uh, you know, I want to honor him with my life. So we translate it another way. We could say that taking God seriously is the beginning of knowledge. So you don't get to knowledge of God without taking him seriously. What does that mean for you? It means digging into God's word. It means taking the time, actually setting aside, maybe turn off the TV, you know, Quit scrolling through TikTok, taking the time to get to know the Lord, to educate yourself about what God is saying and has been saying to us. It means being around other people who are following him. You know, I, I, there, there are so many questions that we have about God and about our lives and you know, what is God, what, what do you think God is saying to me in this? Or what, what does God want me to do in that? And we're, we're sort of afraid to ask those questions out loud when we shouldn't be. That's the, one of the greatest advantages of the church is you have brothers and sisters in Christ that we're all trying to follow Jesus together. So if we can't be honest, if we can't ask those questions to each other and pray for each other, what are we doing? That's the purpose of the church. But this is, this is what it is, is growing in knowledge. What do you believe about God? How are you gaining knowledge about him? What are you doing to grow in those areas? And the second thing that's important for us, again, we've got to be really... So for some of us, if we're being honest and I'm looking in the mirror and I'm saying, okay, what, am I do, what do I believe about God? For many of us, the honest answer is not very much. I don't, I, don't, I don't believe very much about him. Uh, I believe enough to know that if there's a heaven, I want to go there, and I certainly don't want to go to hell, so I guess I'll show up to church a couple of times a year. But if that's the extent of what we believe about God, we don't know very much at all. What do you believe? And the next thing, what do I understand? And understanding is basically... The, the connections between facts. You know, what do I know? What are the facts, right? And how do I connect the dots? So there, there are these, these facts that sort of live out in outer space, but somebody, somebody's got to connect them all to help us understand what the bigger picture is. You've got to see you know, those things. You've got to understand and, and put the connection between. So let me, let me tell you a few things. Let me just let's, let me back away for a second. Just tell you a couple things that I don't understand. I see the facts. I just haven't put the dots together, okay? I just don't get it. Number one for me, I don't get the Taylor Swift mania. I'm not a Swifty. This is uh, one of her concerts. You know, all those little dots, that's not dust on the screen. Those are people, thousands of people. I, I, I just, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Some of you in here do. I'm not saying she's a bad singer. Yeah, one person gets it, and there, there you are. Woo. <laughs> I'll write your name. Whatever, you know. I, I'm not saying she's a bad singer. I'm not saying that she's a terrible person. None of that. I just don't get it. 
uh, she's been around a while, and all of a sudden, it's like crazy. She played a couple of shows in Cincinnati a few weeks ago. Maybe that one person was there. I don't know. But uh, you couldn't get a ticket if you were willing to sell a kidney. I mean, there were thousands of dollars to buy these, these tickets. And the city of Cincinnati came out after the fact, and they said that because of her concerts, there was a direct economic impact of over $90 million to the city of Cincinnati. That's through hotels and restaurants and all that kind of stuff. It's like all these Swifties that showed up and like, I, I just don't understand it. Now, that one person here that clapped, they're going to say to me after this service, they're going to come up and they're going to say, Brandon, you don't get it because you haven't experienced it. You haven't been there. And you're right. You're right. I, that, I don't get it because I haven't experienced it. Now, I'm going to tell you the second thing I don't understand, and I'm going to immediately split half the room in half right now. <laughs> Some of you are really not going to like this, but I don't understand it. I just don't get it. Go ahead. I just don't get it. <laughs> I just don't get Disney World. I, I, and, and again, I know I'm offending half the people, and I'll admit I've never been but for me personally, see, one person's already getting up and leaving because they're like, I can't even stand here anymore. I, just, I, I know, I know, I, I just don't understand spending thousands of dollars to stand in line all day in the hot Florida heat with screaming children. Like, and Mickey Mouse, I, I know for a lot of you it's magical and you've been there and you love it. And, and so many people told me the same thing. You don't get it. You don't understand it, right? You, you're not connecting the dots because you've never been. You have to experience it to get it. Okay, I, I'll give you that. Let me tell you something I do understand, though. I, I love to run races. I, I love it, and I have run some miserable races in the rain, in the snow, in the sleet, cold weather, Wind blowing directly in your face for miles. Just, you're just fighting against it, fighting injury and pain. I have vomited. I've been vomited on. I've been spit on. I mean, I've, I, I have stress fractured my, my right shin three different times. I mean, just through all of these challenges, I, I'm training right now for a half marathon in October. And people say to me all the time, oh, you're right. They say, I don't understand you people. I don't understand why you would do that running. The only time I ever run is if somebody's chasing me. I'm like, yeah, okay. And I, what I would say to you, if that's you, you don't understand because you've never crossed a finish line. Because you've never experienced it. So, so you don't get it. You haven't connected the dots. There's not a feeling in the world like that when you've trained and you've worked hard and you've pushed and when you get there and you fight against every element and every pain and every part of your body is saying, stop you idiot, what are you doing? But when you finish, it's the greatest feeling in the world and it makes it all worth it. Now when your understanding is limited, when we're thinking about wisdom, when your understanding is limited, you, you've got to have understanding outside of yourself. Right When you say, I, I don't know, I don't experience this, I don't know. If you're going to have understanding about the knowledge of God, about the facts of God, you've got to have people helping you along the way. And more importantly, you've got to have God's voice in that as well. There is a call to godly understanding and also a call to not lean on our own understanding. 
Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Probably every Christian girl in this room, you've got this embroidered somewhere in your house. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You can quote it by heart, but it says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. It's a great verse. That is a very inspirational verse. But do you know what that's telling you? Because we've got it printed on our Bibles, and some of us, we've got it, something that we bought at Hobby Lobby that's hanging up at home somewhere. We put that verse back up on the screen because I just want to keep that out in front of you for just a little while here. Because not that you haven't seen it and don't have it memorized by heart, but a lot of you, you, you've got that somewhere in your home or you've had it or maybe you've got a tattoo of it. I've seen a lot of people with that, tat, with that verse tattooed on their body somewhere. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. What is that verse telling us? Because our world says all the time, how can you trust God? How can you trust him? You can't see him. You know, the world is so messed up. What, what is, I don't understand that. I don't understand that. It's because they've never experienced what it's like to be in a relationship with Jesus. If you've never experienced it, you don't know if you don't understand it but when you trust him with your life with your future and you say god it's all yours you have your way in my life i'm not about my life you know i thought i was going to go do this and i was going to go pursue these things and i had an idea in my mind of what my life was going to be like and i had goals and and this is the kind of person i want to be and this is the kind of life i want to live but i've sacrificed all of that for the sake of following jesus until you have lived that kind of life, until you've been in that place, you're not going to understand. Because then you begin to see how he provides for you, how he loves you, how he leads you, how he fills you with purpose. How your life is so much better than you ever could have imagined. We start with knowledge, getting the facts, leaning on understanding to put them all together, and then we get to wisdom. And wisdom is simply acting on what you know and understand. That's it. Wisdom is getting up and going. That's it. There's, there's no magic. There's no magic pill to it. It says it's, it's acting on what you know, acting on what you understand. This is what I believe about God, and this is what I've experienced, and, and so this is what I'm going to do. The most important thing about biblical wisdom, it, it's an action. It's how we live. It's what we do. Jesus laid it out for us in Matthew 7. He said, anyone who listens to my teaching, a lot of us do that. Okay, I, yeah, I listen. I hear it. I understand. My head is taking in the words. But he says, if you listen to it and follow it, you're wise. If you listen to my teaching and you follow it, that's a wise person. You're like a person who builds a house on solid rock. And though rain comes in torrents, you know, the world's messed up. There's going to be a lot of things that life's going to throw at you. Floodwaters rise. Winds beat against you. Your life won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it, they're foolish. It's like a person who builds a house on sand when the rains and floods come and the winds beat. When life is just life. You know, when things happen that are going to happen because we're going to have problems, when all that stuff comes along, your life just collapses. So how does this apply to you? Maybe you're asking, okay, this is, all right, I'm floating here. What are we, what are we doing? What, where am I supposed to be? What about my passion? What about my calling? 
What am I supposed to be doing? Let me just say, that's our, that's, that is your controlling nature that's wanting to get in there again. That, that's, don't, don't miss the point here. When we're, when we're saying, yeah but, yeah, but, okay, but what do I do? What do I do? I, I think I need to do this. Don't, don't let, the, don't let the, the human tendencies, you know, to want to be in control of everything come out and, and sit in the driver's seat. That's the point of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. What does that mean? What does it mean? Can we put that one back up on the screen? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That means, what does that mean? It means Trust. It means I am absolutely, positively, there's no doubt in my mind, I'm putting my full weight into this. I believe that God is who he says he is, and I believe God will do what he says he will do. I trust him with all my heart. That means that I'm not trying to be in control. I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to wait on him. Even when I'm getting impatient, I'm going to ask him to help me to be patient, to wait on his timing. Lean not on your own understanding. That means that God's plans aren't your plans. You can't trust in your own experience. You've got to trust in something else. You've got to, you can't lean on what, what, what you know or what you think you know. They always say, if you, don't, you ever want to make God laugh, how, do you, how would a person make God laugh? Tell him your plans. You tell him your plans, you make him laugh. Because his plans are so much bigger and greater than anything we could come up with. Lean not on what you've experienced. Don't just trust in what what you've got going on or what you've been through. You've got to trust in something outside of you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. In all your ways, acknowledge him. That means take God seriously. That means that I trust what he says. I'm not going to live like I believe him on Sunday morning and then on Monday flip that switch off. Take him seriously. What are the facts about God that you know and believe? How are you educating yourself on who God is and what he wants for your life? And then he will make your path straight. That means he's working it all out. He's working it all out. I find it interesting you know, I, human behavior to me is, is fascinating, and, I, and I, love, I love kind of digging into that a little bit. And, you know, we, we see it. The biggest health issues of our day are anxiety and depression. Everybody's anxious. Everybody's all mixed up inside. And, and you know, half the population are medicated for it because we just can't turn it off. We're just anxious, anxious, anxious. And I just find it interesting that the level of anxiety, you just track that as it rises, is going right along with people that have forsaken the Lord. Because if, if God isn't there, if God is not in my life, then that means it's all up to me. Well, of course you're anxious. If it's all up to you, you're in big trouble. But the truth is, God does exist. And he loves you. And he is calling you to follow him. He's going to make your path straight. That means he's going to show you which way to go when you're trusting him. You don't have to be all mixed up. 
You don't have to wonder and worry, well, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You, you don't have to worry and fret about how everything's going to turn out. You just trust. And the world says, yeah, but that's crazy. No, it's because you don't understand. When you walk with God, then you understand. One day, you know that one day God's going to connect the dots for you. You will experience for yourself what the goodness and the provision of the Lord is like. And that, my friends, is called wisdom. And God wants you to have it. Let me pray for us. Lord, uh, I know when we talk about a topic like this, it can just get our minds swimming, and it just, it just seems, it just seems uh, daunting. Help us to just take that first big step, that first big step of acknowledging I'm not where I need to be, but I'm willing to go there. I'm willing to do the hard work of beginning to change. So, Lord, would you, would you give us more grace? Because we, we, I know that you have grace for us. Help us to have grace for ourselves. Help us to forgive ourselves for when we fall short. Help us to, to be okay in the moment where we're, where we're just trying to get up and we're trying to take little steps. Help us to be okay and patient. And, Lord, we're thankful to know that you have better plans for us than we can imagine right now. You have much better plans. Help us to stay focused on you, that we are just trying our best to follow Jesus, increase our faith, and increase our wisdom as we seek you with all of our hearts. Help us to trust you. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. We'll see you next week.